You know, I spent quite a bit of time this week working on studying wisdom, the difference between wisdom and fear, and I was beginning to think that oftentimes fear disguises itself as wisdom. That fear just absolutely disguises itself as wisdom, and you know, we're operating in wisdom because we're going to... And then I decided that's not what I'm going to preach about after I did a whole bunch of study on that. I think we've probably heard enough about that. Yeah? Yeah. That's what I thought. Especially at about 2.40 this morning when I was wrestling a little bit with that. It's like, okay, ah, I got it, I got it, got it, Lord. Okay, here's the direction that we're supposed to go. We are supposed to be the hope. The hope. We are the hope. We're supposed to be the light of the world, the light and the hope, the light and the hope. We are the light and the hope. Let's say that together. We are the light and the hope for this generation, for this time. I was created for such a time as this. Me and Jake Hamilton, you were born for such a time as this. The God who knew the beginning, who knew the end, who has seen all things, knew uh, that this was the time that you and I would be here, and he called us for such a time as this. This is one of the most amazing times, and I believe it to be one of the most critical times in history right now for the United States of America. It's like, wow, what we're going through, what we're facing, and the opportunities that are being availed for us right now as the church, as Christians, as the light of the world, the opportunities that are happening, that are taking place, and that are going to happen. This is an incredible time to be alive. I'm excited for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, just, it's just an amazing time, an amazing time to be alive. And I titled my message this morning, Why Me? Why Me? Why Me? I think there's been several times in my life that I've asked, like, why me? Why did this happen to me? I remember many, many years ago, and I'm sure that every one of you has gone through something where you go, God, why me? Why did this happen to me? Am I wrong? No. It's like, why, why, did, why did this happen to me? And James, it's, it talks about, you know, we should thank him, be thankful for every trial, for every difficult time that we go through, because what that does, it increases our faith, and as our faith increases, patience begins to build in our lives. And we're made more perfect through patience, when patience starts happening in our lives. When we can be grateful and thankful in any and every situation, be at peace with God, knowing that he's in control. All right? We know that. We know that. Yet we find ourselves in, in, in times and in situations saying, God, why, why me? Why, why me? I've gone through some, some times that I've, has been the extreme opposite uh, of that. It's like, God, why me? What have I done to deserve this? Why, why me? Why, why me? Why did you choose me for this? And I believe that's the time that we're living in, that we're going to see some of the most incredible miracles that are happening through us as we're faithful 
to him. And that we will be saying, not, why me? God, whoa, whoa, poor me, why me? It's like, why me? Why me? Because you were born for this time in history. And he's going to use us in such mighty and amazing and incredible ways that I just say, get ready. Turn to your neighbor and say, get ready. <laughs> Let's get ready to... <laughs> Early this morning, I started uh, going through some, 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 some things, some circumstances, some stories, and I thought, you know what, I'm, I'm going to preach like Jesus. I was reading through the Gospels again here lately, just kind of going through them again, and sometimes he would tell like three stories in a row. So I'm going to tell you three stories, okay? All right. First story. There's a, a guy that has absolutely just been a gift from God to me. Um, Felt like God dropped him off on my doorstep a little over five years ago, and he's been working for me, with me, ever since that time. And, and he's, we, we've, we've just built a new house, and we're doing a lot of finish-up details on the outside, like trying to plant grass, little details, you know, grass, fences, and all that kind of stuff. And youth camp was coming up. So I found three kids that from one family that wanted to go to church camp and wanted to know if there was a fundraising opportunity. I said, yeah, you can come to my house. You can pull weeds and rake some of the rocks out of the dirt. And, you know, not much fun, but they came. They did that, and they worked. And I wasn't able to just stay there and babysit them the whole time. I had to be gone part of the time. So I was running back and forth. But a couple guys that worked for me were, were at the house the whole time. And they're watching these kids, not, not bossing them or anything. I, I lined them out in the morning, come back at noontime, check on them, maybe feed them lunch, and maybe let them go hungry. <laughs> uh, and then Christy would take care of them and feed them. So. Uh, anyway, I, I, that's bringing the foundation to this, to this story. The guys that were working for me that were watching them were so impressed that the other day, the head guy, I just call it the head guy that works for me, superintendent, supervisor, whatever you want to call him, and I only have two, so it's not a big job, the supervisor job. Um, he was ready to go on vacation, so I opened up my wallet, and I just pulled out five $100 bills. I said, man, enjoy your vacation, enjoy your time. I just want to, I want to bless you. I want to, he goes, what's this for? I said, this is just to bless you. It's a, it's a bonus for you to enjoy on your vacation. He goes, I don't, I don't really need this. You pay me well. I, I don't need it. It's like, oh. <laughs> and he held it in his hand there, and he looked at it, and he said, you remember those kids that, that, that worked for you? It's like, yeah. He said, to earn their way to camp? He said, yeah. He said, would you take care of their camp fees with this money? And I said, they already paid their money. He said, man, they were hard workers. They, uh, they, they deserve it. He said, uh, I'd like for you to, uh, to take three of those and you know, give them back to those kids and, and the rest. Do something with it for the church. She's like, oh, okay. Uh, I can do that. Yeah. Awesome. Are you sure you're going on vacation? No, I don't need it. Uh, you know, do, do, do that with it. Bless those kids. And I'm thinking, you know, <clears throat> I was able to come and give each of those kids $100 back that they had paid for early tuition because that's where he wanted it to go. He wanted them to be blessed, and they were blessed. They were excited. They're, thank you, thank you. 
But I say all of this to say that, you know, what we do every day, there are people watching. You're creating your testimony as you work from day to day. There are people watching all of the mundane activities that you do during the day. You have people watching you. And you are building your testimony before them without saying a word. I'm trying to remember who I, who I heard say, preach the gospel everywhere you go and when it's necessary, use words. <laughs> uh, so I was like, wow, that, that, pretty amazing that these young people from 12 or 13, 12 years old up to 15 or 16 years old kept themselves going and were watched by these guys who said, you know, they're pretty amazing. I, I would like to bless them. Isn't that really cool? That, that there's still kids with that kind of work ethic that'll jump out there and do it, and somebody's noticing. I back up to, to another time, an experience that I had. Now, I've had plenty, plenty of experiences where my Christian testimony was pretty much out the window by my activities. You know... I shared before being the only Christian guy on a basketball team that I was, you know, asked to play on and, and totally lost my temper, made a complete fool of myself in front of everyone and got kicked out of the city of Nampa in any kind of athletic activities by the athletic director that said, you will never play in this city as long as I am the director. It's like... So... Being the only Christian on the team, I went to apologize to my team for my activities there. A bunch of rowdy guys that were already sitting around having their pizza and beer and go, dude, that was awesome what you did. <laughs> Nobody will ever forget that. It's like, yeah, so my testimony, my Christian testimony, totally blown from worldly standards right there. So I say that to let you know that I've done some really stupid things, but there's some good things that I've done and begin to hear about here in the more recent, few, uh, recent past. And one of them, I, uh, I was at, I told this story once several, several years ago, when, right after this happened, I believe, and I had finished a day, I don't think I was even on staff yet here at the church, I had finished my day and it had been a long enough day that I was anxious to go home, but I had a low tire on my truck. So I pulled into the Chevron, it's going to put air in my tire, and I started airing it up, and I see a little old guy in like a, I would just call it a pinto station wagon, and the thing's jammed full of stuff, and he's been putting gas in, and, and he started grunting and crawling under the car and then tried to push it himself, and he's looking under it again and trying to get it to move, and I was going, oh, no, oh, no, I want to just turn my back. I want to get the air in my tire and get out of here. But I couldn't. It's like, I looked, it's like, oh, this poor old guy needs help. There's nobody helping him. Lord, send somebody to help him, you know. <laughs> And he answered my prayer. He sent me. <laughs> so I walked over there. It's like, oh, no, I just want to go home. 
said, sir, what, you know, what seems to be the problem? And he goes, oh man, I've just spent my last, I'm headed to like Washington or Oregon somewhere, and I just spent my last money changing the axle, changing something in the, in the front of that car, and it fell out again. It popped out when he tried to, tried to take off. So he, he's in a completely hopeless situation, has only enough money left to buy fuel to get there, and his car's broke down. And so I'm hearing this going, oh no. <laughs> Why did I come here to put air in my tire? It's like the Chevron right below my house. So I said, well, sir, uh, as I listened to his completely hopeless situation and, and his complete desperation that he's sharing his story with me, it's like, I can drag your car up to my house. Let's push it out of the way here so people can get to the gas pumps. It's quitting time here. And, and uh, I can drag your car up to my house and we can figure something out for you. Uh, he said, you would do that? Yeah, I would do that. So I went, I got a chain, I drug him up to my house, and now what do I do with him? I have him at my house with his broken down car, and he has let me know that he has just enough money to get fuel to get the rest of the way to Portland or somewhere in Washington, wherever he needed to go, and, and, and he's out of money. So he doesn't have a hotel, an opportunity to go to a hotel. I have a motorhome out there. I said, well, you can stay in my motorhome. And he says, well, yeah, then what? <laughs> well, let me think about that for just a minute. I'm going to have to maybe pray about this. It's like, oh. So, long story short, I need to make this long story shorter. Uh, I came up with a plan. I would go rent one of those big U-Haul trucks, get his car up in that truck, and so he can drive off and, and, and get there. So all I'll have to do is rent him a truck and fuel up that truck and, and have him spend the night because he can't, can't get the truck early the next morning and then send him off. So, okay, that, that's going to work. But wait a minute, how am I going to get that car up in that truck? Well, there just happened to be some guys that were pouring sidewalks around my house. So I thought, okay, I got a plan. If those guys will bring that backhoe and this shape one of these piles of road mix into a ramp, I can back that truck up to that ramp, they can use that backhoe and they can push that car up in that trailer and goodbye. Deed accomplished. Well, he spent the night. He stayed out there in the motorhome. Early the next morning, he was wandering around the the property, those guys showed up out there that were working on sidewalks, and I went and found one of them, and I said, any chance we could use a pile of this road mix to just create a little bit of a ramp for that truck over there so I could back it up and push that car up into it? It's like, what? I ran through it again. He said, yeah, I, I think we could make that happen. It's like, great, great. So they did. They ended up creating, spending a few minutes, created the ramp. We backed the truck up, shoved that car up in there. I prayed for the guy and sent him on his way. I said, when you get where you're going, would you just call me to let me know that you actually made it? Yeah, and, and so it's like, good deed done. Guy sent off. He felt hope again. He was able 
a, a solution for him to be able to get home in what was previously a completely hopeless situation where he had no hope, nowhere to turn, no relatives in the area just passing through. So what happens, probably a month or so later, there's a guy that ran into my wife that ended up owning that company that did the, the sidewalk stuff, and he said, man, your husband is the most godly man I've ever met. And I was thinking, How? he doesn't know me. He, he, he's, he knew Renee just a little bit, and she said, oh, oh really? It's like, that's the wrong answer, my dear. That's like, why would you say, oh, really? So she says, she says, oh, yeah. She says, you know, I was there watching that guy wander and wondering who that guy was that was wandering around. Watch that whole process with, you know, with my equipment and, and, and my guy. I realized that, you know, you didn't know that guy or anything, and, you, and your husband did that. He said, I have never met a more godly man in my life. It's like, whoa, he doesn't even know me, but just by one deed that he watched me do, I became the most godly man that he had ever encountered. I just go to that to say that there are people watching everything that we're doing, and as we live our day-to-day -day life, and our... I'd say generous and gracious with people. There are people watching, and we end up getting blessed for that. It's like, wow. Man, I should have written down. I had a third story, I said. I have to remember what that third story was. You thought I was joking, didn't you? <laughs> I better start in the Word now. See, we're, we're in 2 Corinthians 5.20. 2 Corinthians 5.20. It says, we are called to be ambassadors for Christ. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You know, that's, that's our mission is to bring people to God, to be the hands and feet of Jesus pointing the way to God. And when we have, when we have those opportunities, it, 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 really, it really seems like something's like, no, 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 that's not something that I want to do. No, don't, don't, don't make me do that, Lord. Bring somebody else. But, you know, that's what we're called to do. In, in James, it, it talks about... In fact, let's, let's turn to James really quickly. James 1, 22 through 25. James 1, starting with verse 22. Let's start with verse 19. Let's back up to 19. Can we do that, Linda? Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. 
I was talking about some of the things that I did a little bit earlier. I used to have a little bit of a bad temper and be fairly quick to wrath, get myself in trouble, make a fool of myself. God finally, one of the gifts of the, one of the fruits of the Spirit is self-control. When God gets a hold of our lives and starts bringing things into the right kind of alignment, we get control over some of those, uh, some of those thoughts, some of the uh, of the things. And I, I was thinking, you know, Jesus has had every kind of temptation that was known to man, and he passed. He passed the test in every one of those temptations. I said, but, you know, I never read anything about basketball in the Bible, though. (laughs) Uh, Therefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath, for the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. To save your souls. The implanted word, the word that's planted in our hearts, what we trust, what we believe, the word of God implanted in our hearts, which is able to save your souls. But, in verse 22, be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. If anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, now listen to this part, he's like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. It's like going over, hearing the Word of God, processing the Word of God, even, oh, yes, yeah, that sounds good, that sounds good. Then going and looking at yourself in the mirror, for he observes himself, goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. It's like, oh, we know who we think we are, we know who we want to be, we look in the mirror and we see ourselves as such, but... When we step away, when we go to work in the morning, when we go home in the afternoon, we leave church, it is as if seeing ourselves in the mirror, it's like, yes, this is who I want to be, this is what I want to be, this is what I want to do, and yet we walk away and do something completely different, forgetting who he's created us to be. Are you following me? In the mundane... (laughs) For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was as he was looking at himself in the mirror. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. This one will be blessed in what he does. Do we receive that? That we not only are hearers, but are doers. Faith without works is dead. We trust, we believe, and we do. Let's, let's turn now to Ephesians. We know that we're, we're, we're called to be, we're representatives, we're ambassadors of Christ. We're sent out there to be the hands and feet of Christ, to be pointing people to Jesus, which is the way to salvation. Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So we point to Jesus, and Jesus points to the Father. Ephesians 3.10. 
to the intent. I'm going to start with verse 9 and a half. God, the ages hidden in God. God who created all things through Jesus Christ. Say that with me. God who created all things through Jesus Christ. To the intent that now the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. That the manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church. Say that together, by the church. And who is the church? Us, we are the church. The manifold wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. <laughs> yeah, I agree. What are we called to do? Be ambassadors for Christ, making the manifold wisdom of God known by and through the church to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places. Hmm. According to the eternal purpose which He, God, accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom, in whom, in Jesus Christ, we have boldness. Everybody say boldness. boldness. We have boldness. Yeah, let's say that one together. We have boldness. And access with confidence through faith in Him. Mm. So He's given us boldness. He's given us confidence through faith in Him to do and accomplish what He's calling us to do. Right? We're all together. Okay. Step next. Ephesians 3. 3.14 For this reason, I bow my knees to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in the inner man, that we would be strengthened with his might, his spirit in our inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through what? Faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, which was just what Lolly was saying this morning, that she began to comprehend in VSSM what was the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ which passes knowledge. And there is a peace of God which surpasses knowledge. There's a love of Christ which passes knowledge. That, that love that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. You just have to let that soak in just a little bit. That we may be filled with all the fullness of God. 
What does the fullness of God mean to you? <laughs> oh, fill us, fill us, Lord, fill us with all your fullness. It is love, wisdom, power, glory, <laughs> that we would be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to him, to God, who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in the power that works in and what power is that? The power of God bringing the, his fullness into us working through us that power that same power that resurrected Jesus Christ from the dead, living and working in us. Amen. Turn to Ephesians 2.6. And we'll start with verse 4. Ephesians 2, 4 through 6. But God, everybody say, but God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Jesus Christ. By grace you've been saved through faith and that not of yourselves, it's a gift of God. I want to turn now to I mean, it's like closing time. I'm trying to figure out where we land here. Uh, turn to John. We're going to go with, yeah, the second chapter of John, verse 11. Jesus had just done the, the wine, turned the water into wine and and beginning, I just say beginning his ministry of signs and wonders and stuff, he had called his disciples to him and there was, there was just something about, about Jesus and about his presence that they were drawn to Jesus. When he said, come, follow me, they were drawn to Jesus. But when we read verse 2.11, it's like, this beginning of signs and wonders Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. 
So Jesus, who had called disciples and had his disciples following him, it was through the signs and wonders that manifested his glory that caused his disciples to truly believe in him. And I believe that, as it says, we're seated with him in heavenly places. And that Jesus said, you know, I must go that he comes and greater works will you do. It's the, we're not caught up in signs and wonders. It's not all about signs and wonders. But when God uses us to do signs and wonders, it's for His glory for people to believe in Him. When the glory of Jesus is manifested through us and His power is manifested through us, it's for the glory of God and people that appear pointed to Jesus or through Jesus to God for his glory 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 and that he wants to use you and me that he's empowering you and me to be his hands and feet to be his power and his authority that we will lay hands on the sick and they shall recover we will do signs and wonders and people will see those and believe Now, 3.13, if you take us to 3.13, John 3.13. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It's like, we're talking about Jesus who has just started doing some, some of his miracles. And the disciples are believing in him. And these are the words coming out of his mouth, red letters. No one has ascended to heaven, but he who came down from heaven, Jesus referring to himself, that is the Son of Man who is in heaven. It's like, I started reading that and processing that. It's like, you know, it felt to me like, like this answered a question that I kind of wrestled with a little bit. It's like <clears throat> when we're reading about Jesus, particularly in John, where it says he only did, or even Jesus saying, I only did what I hear my father say or what I've seen my father do. It's like what this says to me right here, right now, is, is, is a big answer. It's like there, that is, it is such a thin, thin veil. And that Jesus in the Spirit was with the Father in heavenly places. <laughs> in, the, in the physical body, he was here walking among men. In the spirit realm, he was with the Father seeing, listening, hearing. And it says that we, he says that we are seated with Jesus Christ, seated with him in heavenly places. We have access to the heavenly realm through Jesus who we are seated next to while we are walking in this physical body on this earth. Does this make sense? That we see from a heavenly perspective in the spiritual realm where we are seated with him having full access 
being and having the fullness of God in us, seated with Jesus in heavenly places, empowered to do the thing, some of the mundane, some dragging somebody's car that's just beyond and, and, and having no hope in a situation. Just a, a work ethic. You know, I believe that even my credit score is part of my testimony. That even my credit score is part of my testimony. When, see, we're in this world, but not of this world. We're, we're cut out to be seeing in a heavenly realm. We're cut out to be working here from a heavenly perspective where we're getting our orders, where we're hearing what we're hearing from above from Him because that's where spiritually we're seated, physically doing what He's speaking to us and showing us to do. Right? Well, I got six rights and a whole bunch of... Like, Just look these scriptures over. Look these scriptures over and see if that's not what you feel in your, in your heart, in your spirit. If that's not what he's showing you, what he's telling you. Just ask Holy Spirit to show you. I think that's something that we always, always, we need to be familiar with the word. And when we hear something like, like what? I've never heard that before. Pray about it. Look at the scriptures, look at the context in the scriptures, and just ask Holy Spirit what He wants you to get out of this. And then make your own determination. You don't have to believe what that preacher up there says. You figure it out yourself from His Word. Let's stand together. Father, I know that you have called us, you've called each one of us to be not only hearers, but to be doers. That we're called to be ambassadors and that, that we are called, we're set apart. We're called to be empowered to accomplish your will. But not only to accomplish your will, your word says that to those who keep your commands, those are the ones that you love and that you will love on and that you will be in us and that we will be in you, you and the Father, you in us. And that us being in you, we will be hearing your voice really clearly, seated with you in heavenly places, looking down on an earthly perspective from a heavenly position. And that in so doing, we will be empowered. We will be lifted up. We will receive. We'll hear your words clearly. We'll see the visions. We will see what you want us to see, hear what you want us to hear, and that when we walk away from that situation, we will be doers of your instruction. I pray that you will speak to, as, as Renee was saying, that, that each one will end up having in-home encounters that you'll be speaking to your people, that you will give dreams, that you will give visions, that people will hear your audible voice even this week. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.